Hello, alongside Ryan Sir, I'm Don Helbig, and welcome to The Pick 6, the podcast by the Attractions Group, where we bring you the latest and greatest stories from the world of the attractions and amusement industry. Thanks, Don. Before we dive into this week's Pick 6, let me remind our listeners where they can tune into the Attractions Group podcast. You can catch us on all your favorite podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, etc., and make sure to subscribe, like, and share on YouTube, and make sure you share this with all your favorite coaster enthusiasts and theme park enthusiast friends. All right, now let's jump into the latest news from the attractions industry. Okay, uh, yeah, let's start off with um, some really questionable news. So story number one, uh, our first story comes out of Six Flags, and this is being reported very widely on the internet that several Six Flags parks have hung up signs and added to their digital signage that they're adding a 99 cent surcharge on food purchases. Uh, and they actually cite increasing labor and supply costs. Uh, it's been widely reported, but it's not clear if they're doing it just on food or if they're going to do it on merchandise as well. Uh, Don, Cedar Fair and Six Flags are about to merge. Are we looking at the future? You know, Ryan, certainly that could be a foreshadowing of things to come, you know, when the merger does take place. Um, you know, it's an interesting point. You know, the impact of such surcharges, it does raise a lot of questions. Um, you know, from the guest experience standpoint, you know, you see those signs that you mentioned up there. Is that a, a negative before you even make the purchase when you see something like that? Uh, when the park's you know, when the merger, if it does go through um, and they start integrating things across all the properties, you know, they take the best and everything and what everybody does, the best practices. Does that practice get rolled into the Cedar Fair parks? Uh, so certainly a lot of a lot of questions are going to be out there about this. What are your thoughts? Well, I'm looking at a photo uh, and this is this is the one I'm going to put up over the image right now. But uh, they're charging fifteen forty nine for a Cobb salad. Uh, so I don't really have a lot of sympathy for you know, your increased expenses and labor and so on for a company that charges fifteen forty nine for a cop salad. I understand that stuff costs more at theme parks. I really do. But to try to play the sympathy card where your cost where your, you know, your expenses increase, so I'm adding a dollar on to all transactions, uh, I don't think that's gonna sit very well, at least in the Cincinnati market. Um I think there's gonna be a lot of negative press and I don't think they're up for the challenge. Now, the one thing I'll say is, you know, I appreciate the transparency on that. Yes. I mean, like I could see them adding a dollar and not telling anybody. I mean, because some companies do that, but um, they, it would have to be transparent. I This is one of those things where like SeaWorld does have a 5% surcharge. They claim it's for like conservation or something, but I don't really know of anybody that has a lot of details on that. And uh, I know that was very negatively uh, negatively. Uh, processed by the locals, especially in Orlando. Um, but they still do it. So obviously it didn't hurt business that much. But the real question is, is it going to be a dollar per item or a dollar per transaction? Or is it going to be in merchandise too? Because I mean, your your food expenses didn't go up more than your merchandise expenses, I imagine. No, but let's say it's uh, just per transaction. You know, again, we don't know. But if it's just per transaction and you say you get three meals, you know, a couple of treats or something like that. So four or five different things that's, you know, five or six more dollars to go. And it's already, you know, expensive as it is to buy the food, buy the merchandise, all these other kind of things. So, um, you know, I don't know, it's, it's going to be interesting. So moving on, 
The debut season of Jollywood Nights at Disney's Hollywood Studios is creating some buzz. Mixed reviews are out there, especially regarding pricing and the duration. Uh, but mega popular YouTuber, the Tim Tracker, he seems to be a big fan of it. Ryan, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, people are really split on the the Jollywood Nights thing. I've been trying to find a positive review, and I haven't found anybody that glowed on it. Um, Tim Tracker, I, I had people coming to me saying, I'm never going to listen to Tim Tracker again, because there's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there that Tim Tracker's on Disney's payroll. Um, I don't watch him enough to really have a huge opinion on that, although he does seem to primarily cover Disney. And so I, I watched his video very specifically because I wanted to see what his take was on how great this event was and stuff. And honestly, I think he, he came off as just being nice. Like, um, he, he and his wife, uh, I think the gen tracker as they call her, uh, they do a lot of like food sampling and stuff, which that's not my thing on YouTube. I don't like to watch other people eat. Uh, so I'm not the biggest fan of their channel, but I think he was trying to be objective and he was just like, there is an avenue to have fun at this party. Uh, the event consists of, uh, it's more adult oriented. It's got a Muppets. Um, I just said it's adult oriented that I follow with. It's got a Muppet show, uh, but it does have a Muppet show uh, that actually kind of reminds me of um, Charlie Brown's Christmas Spectacular, where it's Muppets along with live people. Uh, and that's in the, uh, the uh, I don't remember what the name of the venue is, but where they do Beauty and the Beast over by Fantasmic, the Hollywood Bowl. Um, so the footage I've seen looks cool. Uh, and they do have what they call the um, Sky High Lounge, I think. Uh, and that's over by Tower of Terror. And the thing that people have been critiquing with that is they play it up like it's this big dapper party. But the reality is it's like a rollout cart that serves pre-mixed drinks. They do have a live band, though. Um, but I was thinking about going to the event this year when I'm down there for Mickey's uh, Christmas party. But I think I'm going to pass. Yeah, it kind of reminds me a little bit just based on what I'm seeing online with the different reviews is, you know, several years ago, they rolled out a little um, show based off High School Musical. And, you know, it was okay, but it wasn't, it didn't meet the expectations that I had or, you know, other guests had at the time uh, for what it was, you know, built up to be. So it, it feels a little bit like that. Uh, yeah, I agree. And you got to remember that these events cost right around $180. This one's only four hours long, too. And on top of that, at uh, Mickey's Christmas party, you get to enter Magic Kingdom at four, I think. And this one, you don't get them entered until like 630. Uh, so it's a lot less bang for your buck. I think the event will come around, but this year it seems like it's got some growing to do. All right. Um so, uh, let's move along. Um, so, uh, Universal, uh, Universal's launched their, uh, holiday celebration. Let's give a shout out to Earl the Squirrel. Um, so, uh, they've got Grinchmas, uh, they've got the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, uh, does a Christmas display as well as a projection show on the, the, on the, on the castle there. Um, Christmas decorations over, uh, the rest of the park. And you'll have uh, Banshee singing in Diagon Alley, uh, Universal Circus Florida hosts nightly performances of Universal's Hollywood Parade featuring Macy's. Um, and so my understanding, by the way, is that until Thanksgiving, they actually are the balloons for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Then they ship them up to New York. And I don't know if they come back or not, but I imagine they don't. 
Um, but anyway, the parade features DreamWorks and Illuminations animated characters as well as iconic the iconic balloons and floats and dancers and so on. Um, Don, what are your thoughts on this? We we when we were down there for Iapa, we got to see the decorations, but we didn't do much Christmas stuff, did we? No, we didn't do much Christmas stuff. And you know, if you're looking at favorites and that, it's really hard to pick just one. You know, the Wizarding World always uh, adds that magical touch to it. Um, a lot going on, that's for sure. A lot going on there that you want to see. Uh, you know, Grinchmas. That's always, uh, you know, a cool thing, you know, and if you're a fan of of The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, you know, so it really is uh, something that you want to check out. But uh, it's really hard to pick just one thing that would be, um, you know, the, the main thing to do because it's all so good. Now, shifting gears, the IAPA Expo 2023 just concluded, bringing together thousands in the attractions industry. That's a pretty impressive number and the uh, economic impact on Orlando, it's very substantial. Uh, Ryan, what are your thoughts on what you heard about IAPA 2023? I mean, uh, unfortunately, I did not get to attend. However, I've uh, been there several times. I've made three or four visits down there. And uh, it's hard to get a hotel room near the convention center. Uh, you see the amount of people that, that are there from all over the world, United States, South America, China. Uh, the impact has got to be astounding. Anytime there's a big convention, the city feels it. I was down there on business one time a couple of years ago and there was a construction convention and you could like, you know, if you wanted to like Applebee's, it was a two hour wait. But so I can only imagine. Yeah. You mentioned all the hotels. I think you and I found out last year that everywhere is walking distance. If you have the time when we tried to go from our hotel by foot to IAPA. The, yeah. You've got the time and the stamina. Uh, and I should point out that we decided we were going to walk to the convention and then turned around and drove. So I don't think it's fair. <laughs> we got to... about halfway there. <laughs> I don't think we made it we halfway. Just kept going. No, I don't know, but it was it was a walk. But no, it it's just brings so many people, uh, you know, to the Orlando area, and it's just really really great for the city uh, to host this event every year. Yeah. So uh, shifting gears. So uh, Thunderhawk at Dorney is turning one hundred in twenty twenty four. Don, have you ridden Thunderhawk? What are your memories of that ride? I have ridden Thunderhawk. It's a, a very good wooden coaster. I mean, it was old at the time that I rode it, which was back in 1984, the first time I experienced that ride. Uh, it's a coaster with, you know, a legacy that dates back to 1924. It deserves, you know, recognition going into its 100th year. All the focus is going to be on Steel Menace, the new uh, dive coaster that's opening next year. So I hope it doesn't get lost in the shuffle that this coaster is celebrating its 100th uh, anniversary in, in 2021. Uh, the coaster was designated as an American coaster enthusiast landmark. It's the oldest operating coaster within Dorney Park's parent company, uh, Cedar Fair. Uh, it's also one of the oldest operating coasters in the world. Um, I, when I first wrote it, it was simply called The Coaster. It wasn't until 1989 that it got its name, Thunderhawk. Hmm. But a lot of fun. Yeah. We're on the subject of wooden coasters. The Racer at Kings Island is undergoing extensive track work on the north side, that's the blue side, with more than 1,000 feet of track. On the return to the station being retracted this summer, or this winter, um, what are your thoughts on the extensive work that's gone on with the Racer the last uh, three years, Ryan? We've discussed this quite a bit, but it's like a brand new ride. Um, you know, the ride feels faster. It feels like it has airtime now. It's so smooth. Uh, I mean, a lot of it that we, because we, we had Mike Graham on the show, the Gravity Group is the one doing this renovation, but um, 
he mentioned that, you know, your people add cars, they add lap bars, they add headrests. People are getting fatter, you know, they're in a lot of weight to this stuff and it's just, it's fine for the track, but it's just not designed for it. And that's part of the contributor to a less comfortable ride. Well, their new track design is designed to take that extra weight, um, primarily with the renovations to the trains that no longer have buzz bars. Uh, so I think it, it's like a brand new ride. Don, you're Mr. Racer. What do you think? It does feel like a brand new ride. In a lot of ways, it reminds me of how it felt when I first started riding it in 1972 and then almost daily throughout the 80s. Um, you know, it was so smooth back then. Uh, you could use the word butter smooth to describe it. And I felt that feeling again uh, when they did the first part of the, the retracking with the Gravity Group going into the uh, 2021 season. And then you had um, last year, they did the, the south side, the red side. That was phenomenal, um, you know, from start to finish. And uh, very excited about what they're doing now with the blue side. So, you know, you really got to give a lot of credit uh, to, to Cedar Fair, Kings Island's management team, um, you know, to put what they're putting in to keeping this ride uh, running great and available. You know, it's, it's over 50 years old now, but now with all this work and everything, like it's preserving it for future generations to enjoy. You see a lot of parks, first sign of some trouble on a wood coaster, let's tear it down and put something else in or let's convert it to RMC, whatever it is. Uh, you know, but they've chosen to preserve this for those future generations to enjoy. And, you know, you really, really got to give Kings Island and Cedar for credit for wanting to do that. I agree. I mean, it's a huge uh, commitment. I imagine that the overall maintenance of an RMC is probably generally cheaper than it is for a wood coaster because a wood coaster is something you're always building. Um, but this is kind of like, um, you know, it's kind of like how you have to paint your house every 10 years, but every once in a while you tear down the garage and build a new one. This is that tear down the garage and build a new one kind of situation. But, um, yeah, absolutely true. And, uh, you know, I don't want to suck up or anything, but you can find the story on themeparksbydon.com to find more information about this racer retrack from the man that rode the racer more than anybody would bother to ride it themselves. That's right. Yeah, it's uh, my first ever uh, roller coaster ride. Uh, so it, it always has a special place in my heart. I know it's the first coaster for a lot of other people, you know, and has significant meaning for them. And just really excited about, you know, everything they've done to that ride over the past three years. And it also includes, you know, repainting it back to its original colors, red, white, and blue. Don't underestimate that. I mean, it was always stunning uh, when you looked at it in the 70s and the 80s. You know, whether you're in the Eiffel Tower, you were walking down the Coney Mall Midway. Just looked absolutely stunning, beautiful. And uh, to bring that back, it really, really added something to the Coney Mall area uh, to do that again. Very vibrant looking now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really enjoying the paint scheme. I, I, like I said, we've discussed this before, but backward racer was my first big coaster. Um, so the racer will, does mean a lot to me. Um, when I was little, the racer was white and black. So to me, it only existed red, white, and blue in the Brady Bunch episode and old photos and stuff. So it's really cool to kind of like relive that history now. Um, but yeah, so cool. Good for the racer. I'm looking forward to riding that next year. Don, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, I have a question for you about Thanksgiving. Okay, it's you know this week. Uh, do you create a wedge in the top of your mashed potatoes for the gravy, or do you just pour it all over? I create a wedge. I'm a wedge person too. I think that's the only way to do it. So 
keeps things or keeps things clean and organized, right? So the when the reason why I create a wedge is because we often had mashed potatoes in my um, cafeteria when I was in like grade school, and that's how they would serve it. What they would do is they would take the ladle, push it into it, and turn it, and that's what created the little volcano shape. Um, so that's just how it's always been to me. And uh, I kind of enjoy like cutting into the mashed potatoes and then they leak out like lava. And so I'm a kid. I'm just a kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm the same way with it. I think that's what makes it more fun. You know, when you have the wedge and then, like you said, it kind of like pours out and kind of starts to get on some other things. But um, yeah, I'm not one of those that's just going to like dump it all over the place on your plate. So let me ask you this. Do you like gravy on other things like on your turkey and your stuffing and stuff? Love it on the turkey. Yes. Stuffing depends on what kind of stuffing it is. Everybody makes a different type. So if I have to kind of, um, you know, sometimes you have to put it on there right. to be able to eat the stuffing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes you're just eating bread with that, but, but yeah, so, uh, I'm no, sure I definitely I put it on the, um, you know, the, the turkey and occasionally I'll even put it on mac and cheese. Yeah. I mean, if there's some spillover, man, I'm not going to not eat that mac and cheese. Let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. Um, I think when it comes to Turkey, I like the, 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 the white meat and I like to sprinkle it with salt. So you add that little extra pizzazz and I don't mind some pepper on it too, but I especially like salt and pepper on the mashed potatoes, no matter how much is you it. Got, yeah. You got to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do that combination there. I'm going to go probably like 75% salt, 25% pepper on the, on the turkey. And then I'm going to go the opposite way for the mashed potatoes. Yeah. There's something about the contrast of the colors that makes the pepper taste better on the mashed potatoes so you can see them so prominently. So I'm kind of with you with that. Um, do you like cranberries, like cranberry juice stuff that comes out of the can? No, neither do I. Not at all. It's for me. It's the, it's the Turkey. It's the mashed potatoes. It's mac and cheese, deviled eggs. And then I will do a little bit of the dressing. See, I, I didn't like dressing growing up. My sister was really into it, but I wasn't, but I've, it's grown on me. Uh, uh, so are you one of the people that buys into that? The tryptophan from Turkey makes you tired. Have you heard that? No, Do you eat the Turkey. So apparently it doesn't have enough in it to affect you. But the reason why that people fall asleep after eating Thanksgiving dinner is because they eat like 180 carbs and your body just goes into overload mode. And that's why you <laughs> want to sleep. No, I'm, I'm, you know, we'll eat at noon and, uh, then, you know, we'll come back again for the next round at four o'clock and then we'll have the late night snack at eight o'clock and you got football, you know, it's always been a tradition for me on Thanksgiving to watch the Detroit lions. And then now, you know, you, they used to be the only game that you had. Now it's kind of an all day thing. They got three different games going on, but, um, yeah, so we started a, a tradition, you know, a few years ago where we go to, uh, Tennessee down in the pigeon forge area, rent a cabin, you know, spend several days down there and just have Thanksgiving there. And it's really relaxing. And, um, but I, I don't get tired from eating the turkey. No. What about you? Um, do, do you, uh, do you bring everything down with you or do you go shopping? In... Yes. The majority, the majority we're bringing down with us and uh, then we'll make a quick, you know, trip to the store. We'll do that. Um, you know, the day before and just pick up some of those final things, you know, like maybe uh, a couple of pies, you know, some, uh, some biscuits, that type of thing, just the final things, but the majority of it, no, it's all coming down, you know, all the pans and pots and everything goes with us. Yeah. Cause who knows what they're going to have in that cabin. I've had cabins that have full, like you could totally cook a meal. And then I've also had cabins where everything's empty. 
you know. No, it's got everything. It's got the plates and it's, I mean, it's got the works. I mean, it's a really nice cabin, you know, plenty of room in that. Um, but, you know, but we'll bring down our own, don't I, our own items. And do you visit Dollywood while you're down there? Absolutely. Are they open on Thanksgiving? Dollywood. They're not open on Thanksgiving, but they are open the day after and, uh, you know, the day before. So, um, yeah, Dollywood is, is definitely part of the, the plan every year we go down there and then we'll do other things. You know, you got the apple barn mm-hmm. that's down there. So we always have to do that. Uh, you got Bucky's now, you know, as you, you get off the expressway there, uh, as you're getting into Sevierville. So that's a, that's a must stop right there. Um, you know, there's several of these roads, I'll call them roadside attraction type, you know, places. There's uh, like Boss Hogs is the name of the place. It's got the best sausage that I've ever had. Um, pulled pork, you know, off the charts good. So, you know, we'll stop at places like that as well. That's cool. Yeah, I've always uh, wanted to make it down there for the Hatfield McCoy Christmas dinner feud. Uh, I know you wrote about that a little bit, but. Um... Yeah, going to look to do that. And there's also Comedy Barn has a Christmas uh, show so you know trying to squeeze it all in in a like a five day period it's tough but we're going to try to get in as much as we can yeah be, I, I wonder if the pirates one does a christmas thing that'd be funny like i didn't know pirates celebrated christmas because their fake tree would be sliding on the deck as the <laughs> ship is rocking and <laughs> yeah yeah but there's so much like we've talked about it on our uh, you know previous episode than that there's so much to do in that pitch and forge area that you could spend two weeks down there and, and not even scratch the surface on the things to do yeah I, I i walk around gatlinburg a lot of times and i've got this laundry list of like roadside attraction things that i like touristy things i want to do down there i did get to knock off a lot of the uh, ripley stuff so i've done the aquarium believe it or not and their um alpine coaster uh but mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh there's a lot of other stuff down there that's like in that vein that I really want to try. Uh, unfortunately you've done the crime museum. No, no, we've stayed at that hotel right by it several times. Uh, and I've always been tempted. I had friends that went there and they loved it. Uh, but I really want to, and there's a couple car museums too, that, that are right on the, the Gallenberg strip that I want to check out as well. Yeah. The crime museum, you know, especially when you look at like the Ted Bundy car and that, I mean, it's almost one of those hair raising on your arm type things. Cause it's kind of chilling when you're looking at uh, some of these uh, pieces of, uh, you know, items that they have in there. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Any other thoughts? No other thoughts. Uh, we want to wish everyone a happy and healthy and safe Thanksgiving. Yeah. So happy, healthy happy 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 healthy safe thanksgiving i'm just gonna give up i can't say that but what don said ditto uh so everybody enjoy yourselves eat your turkey uh and we will see you next week make sure that you follow along with us on all of our podcast apps on youtube by searching for the attractions group podcast and uh twitter at attractions underscore grp all right thanks everybody